Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. When we were finishing the uh, series this summer on uh, identity, intimacy, and destiny, we were, I was doing my first sermon in the destiny uh, part of the, of the series. So it was, you know, sometime in uh, probably about a month ago in September. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Dennis and I preach to a group of people, a group of four or five people every Thursday. We preach the sermon for the morning and then we get critiqued and uh, uh, Dennis shreds me. But anyway, um, yeah, he, he just takes great pleasure in telling me that the first 10 minutes of that was crap and you need to <clears throat> throw that away and do something else or anyway. But um, <clears throat> the rest of everybody else is very gracious. Uh, he's Russian. We'll give him a pass on that. But um, as, as I was finishing up, uh, you know, my, my presentation for the morning, so we, we preach then and we, we, we tweak it and then we, you know, it's much better hopefully on Sunday. Sharon Monroe, who has been here for... Is Sharon here this morning? I don't see her anywhere. Okay. I'm sorry she's not here. Um, but Sharon has been here for probably 40 years. She's on that team. And she said, what you're sharing about... The wrong question is, Jesus or God, what is your will for my life? That's a wrong question. Uh, that's a self-centered question. That's a, that, that's, that puts me at the center of my universe. And so my point that morning was the right question is, God, what are you doing? What is your will? What are you doing? And how can I join you in what you're doing? Because as we line our will up with what God's doing, I said last two weeks ago, you know, my motto right now is Holy Spirit, where you're flowing, that's where we're going. And I want that to be true not only for the church, but also for each individual. Holy Spirit, where you're, where you're flowing, that's where we're going. And so the, the question is, God, what is your will and what are you doing and how can I and how can we join you in that? Well, Sharon said, you know, that reminds me very much of what was his name? Uh, that guy that wrote that stuff about experiencing God. He did a workbook and his last name started with a B. I said, Henry Blackaby. She said, yeah, that's right. Henry Blackaby. She said, that reminds me a lot of what he taught in his experiencing God. And all of a sudden, I had a flashback to my first year in seminary when my friends in Nashville handed me a copy of this workbook called Experiencing God. And, um, and so it's, the, the subtitle is Knowing and Doing <clears throat> excuse me, the Will of God. And all of a sudden, I had this deep pain in my heart. I, just, I was grief-stricken all of a sudden because I had been given this book. I had worked through about a third of it thrown it aside, gone about my seminary business, graduated, came here, began my ministry, and have been ministering now at this church for 33 years. And uh, I totally forgot about the book and the principles in this book. And um, can, uh, can someone bring me a, a copy, because I thought I had it up here, of the yellow sheet that should be in front of you someplace? Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, if you don't have a copy of this yet, there should be one close by. I want you to grab that, and I, I, I never want you to lose this. Um, really, this should be the pattern of your life from here on out. And uh, we're, Dennis and I are preaching through this right now. But here's what happened. I, 
Um, as I was kind of going over my notes for my sermon that Saturday night before I preached the next morning, I just kept thinking about this workbook. And I, I was like, man, it's probably somewhere in my office. And so I came over here at like 11.30 and started looking for it. It took me about a half hour to find it, and I finally found it. And, um, uh, you know, opened it up, and I'm like, man, I, how come I didn't finish this? How come I just threw it aside? And, and, uh, and then the Lord, in, in several different ways, told me it wasn't time, Neil. It wasn't time for you to do that. Because you, you would have just, at some point, forgotten about it anyway, because... You were too wrapped up in whatever else was going on, finding a wife and you know, trying to figure out what you were doing as an associate pastor and then a senior pastor. and you know, It just wouldn't have meant as much. And so I ordered, uh, the, the, this is the revised and expanded edition of this. And what I'm, the reason I'm holding this up this morning is not only do I want you to know that you know, I've rediscovered this, and it, it reminds me of Josiah when... You know, the, the priest found the, the book of the law in the, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the temple, and it had been in there for decades, and the kings had not read it or had it read to the people, and all their idols and, you know, false gods were in there, and they were cleaning all that stuff out when they found the book of the law. And Josiah, when they found it, he tore his clothes, and he had it read. They read it to him, and he tore his clothes, and he, he brought all the people together, and he had the priest read the the book of the law to the people, that kind of tearing of the clothes grief that, oh, you know, the book of the law got lost. Well, that's kind of my personal experience with, with rediscovering this. And so here's my point. We're going we're gonna to do this. We're, we're going to teach this. Last week, Dennis taught on God is always at work around you. And he is always at work around you. God is always at work around you. He's always up to something. Jesus said, my father is always working. And I am always working because I do what the father is doing. And I say what the father is saying. And then he turned around and said, now you do the same thing. He commissioned us to do what he was doing in line with the father's will. And, and really, God's will is all that matters. You know, Jesus says, you know, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do this, that, and the other thing? Great things, you know, wonderful things, powerful things, casting out demons and signs and wonders and all this stuff. And he, he, he says, on that day, I, I will say, uh, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers, because you did not do the will of my Father. God's will is all that counts. And so um, this morning, I'm going to do um, number two, which is God's Pursue, or God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. I'm going to be talking about that. But here's my challenge. I want each of you to, to get a copy of this and begin to work through the workbook. It is absolutely, I'm going through it again. You can see that I'm on this page right here because I've started working through it again. And it's just, it's just you know, it's, it's blessing me, it's challenging me. And, um, and, and, and I want my life to be lined up with the will of God. I want to live out God's will. I want to know him. I want to, I want to have that deep, intimate relationship. And when he breathes, I want to hear it. When he says, go, I want to go. When he says, stay, I want to stay. You know, one of the things that Gordon, or, uh, Henry Blackaby says early in the book is, you know, as American people, we have this philosophy, don't just stand there, do something. And he said, God is saying, don't just do something, stand there. And wait until I show you what I'm doing and then join me in that. So this morning, I want to talk about the fact that God pursues 
a relationship with each one of us. And I believe he pursues a relationship with churches as a family that is real and personal. And so I have an order form out here. If you want a copy of, it's 15 bucks, and we don't have to have your money until, you know, we, the books come in. If you want a copy of this, sign, there's, a, there's a sign-up sheet in the Welcome Center. I put it out there this morning. And uh, put your name and your cell phone number. And uh, I really encourage the small groups to, whatever you're doing, put it on hold and take your group through this book. It, it's really, you know, just we'll do it individually. We'll come each week and talk about what we're doing. But anyway, that's, that's my, I'm done with my uh, infomercial. And now I want to tell you a story. This is straight from uh, Gordon Black, or Henry Blackaby's uh, uh, book that goes along with, uh, he wrote a book called Experiencing God that goes along with the workbook. He did the workbook first. Most of the time you do the book and then the workbook. He did the workbook and then wrote a book. <clears throat> he tells in, <clears throat> in the chapter on God pursues a, a relationship with you that's, that's uh, uh, real and personal. He said that he was signing up, uh, I mean, registering at a conference, that, a national conference that he had uh, signed up to attend. And, and as he was registering, uh, the girl behind the, the, uh, the registration desk uh, said, you know, can I have your name? And he said, Henry Blackaby. And she says, it's you. You saved my life. And he's like, what? <laughs> she said, you saved my life. <clears throat> and he said, what, what do you mean I saved your life? She said, I was uh, a sophomore in college. And she said, um, I had, um, uh, my, my fiance had dumped me uh, I lost a, fan, a close family member, and there were several other things that were going, had gone terribly wrong in my life at the time. And she said, I was in such despair that I decided that I was going to take my life. I was going to commit suicide. And she said, I was on my way across campus to the spot that I had decided to, to uh, take my life. I don't know how she was going to do it. She didn't say. But she was on her way to that place where she had decided to end her life. And uh, suddenly she heard her name being called, and one of her friends was, was kind of coming toward her and, and yelling her name. And uh, she said, I didn't want to talk to this person. I had made up my mind what I was going to do. And so she said, I started walking faster. And she started walking faster, and she finally caught up with me and grabbed me by the arm and said, I'm going to a Bible study, and I want you to go with me. And she said, I, I have an appointment. <laughs> I don't want to go to your Bible study. I have an appointment. I need to keep this appointment. And she said, I don't care what it is that you're doing. This is more important. Let's go. And she said she literally would not let go of my arm and pulled her across campus to this the, this, this room where they were having this Bible study, and they were doing the workbook uh, Henry Blackaby's workbook, Experiencing God, and they were on the second, second part of God Pursues a Relationship with You. And as they begin to, that's real and personalized, but as they begin to go through this study, suddenly she felt the presence of God on her, and she felt him drawing her to himself. And, and she said, I was just wrecked by this, and I just, suddenly all the, the, the stuff that had, was bothering me that had that had um, brought me to the place of wanting to take my life. I keep spitting. I keep seeing spray coming out. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm, I'm glad I'm not really close to you. If you're sitting on the front row, next time you should bring an umbrella. But anyway, um, I could just see it in these lights. It's just crazy. Uh, anyway, she said, um, all of a sudden, all that stuff just kind of melted into the background. 
And all I could feel was the love of God just being poured out on me. And she said, as I kind of, my whole life kind of flashed before me, and as I kind of look back across my life, even in these difficult things, I could see the hand of God pursuing me. I mean, you know, like I could see the hound of heaven, the Holy Spirit, just pursuing me down the quarters of my life. And, and suddenly God become, became very real to me. Guys, that's, that's God. And he does that with every single one of us because he loves us. He loves you. Before the universe was, the foundations of the universe were laid, he knew you. He knew what color your eyes would be. He knew what color your hair would be. He knew what your DNA would be. He knew everything about you. He knew if you would decide for him or against him, but he did it anyway. He created you anyway. Jesus knew before the first Adam was created that he would have to die for us because he knew that we would fall. But we were so worth it that he did it anyway. Man, if I knew that I was going to have to go through that kind of suffering and pain to, to have children, I'm not sure I'd have done it. I love Wes and Lindsay. I just love them to pieces. But I'm not sure if I knew I had to go through that, what Jesus went through, that I would have gone ahead and had him. Sorry, guys, but, you know, I love you, but, you know, I, I don't like pain. Anyway, I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. So, um, yeah, so, so God pursues us. He's constantly pursuing us. One of the things that, I, that, I, that I've come to understand about evangelism, about sharing Christ with people, is that the Holy Spirit's been at work in their lives, drawing them to Christ from the time they, were, they drew their first, first breath. And so we're just cooperating with what the Holy Spirit's already doing when we do evangelism. And by the way, I've got some news for you. I'm not going to unpack this, but in the next year, we're going to learn how to do evangelism and do it well, and do it in a way that's not scary. Uh, I'll expound on that later, but, but this church is going to go into the harvest and bring in the sheaves of, of, of wheat. It's going to happen. The harvest is, is ripe and plentiful all around us. We just don't want to let it rot in the field. We want to bring it in, and we're going to. Trust me, we are going to do that. I'll explain all that later. I mean, that's a, you know, a couple of months from now, but I'll be talking about it. So God is in hot pursuit of each one of us, and after we come to Christ, he doesn't stop. How many of you have felt the Holy Spirit uh, pursuing you in the last month or two? See, yeah, just coming after you, just not leaving you alone. I love that about him. You know, God hates sin. It costs his son his life. He hates sin, but he loves you. Romans 8, I think it's verse 3, says that in the death and, and, and crucifixion of Jesus, he condemns sin in sinful man. It doesn't say he condemns sinful man. He condemns sin in sinful man. He tried, to, he tried to separate us from the cancer of sin that was in us and, and, and deal with that sin on the cross. He, he crucified sin on the cross. He also crucified us, but then he resurrected us to a life on the other side of sin and the law and death and all that stuff. And so now we live in the newness of a resurrection life with him. That's his purpose for us. That's his purpose for every human being. But he doesn't leave us alone because we don't stop sinning just, as, you know, just because we get saved, just because we come to Christ 
and, and technically we're crucified with him. We, I mean, we literally are. We just don't, we have to learn how to live in that resurrection truth. We have to line our lives up with the truth of, of, of the word. And so we are crucified with Christ. We are dead to sin. We, we have been, you know, uh, brought, brought to life again to live a new, new life in the spirit, in victory over the law and over sin and over death. But, but we, you know, the Holy Spirit is constantly working in our lives to bring that victory to us and bring us into that, that place of, of ongoing, consistent victory over sin. And we can live that way. So he's constantly pursuing us. He's constantly loving us and, and showing himself to us. And he wants us to respond to that. He wants us to draw near to him. He wants us to... To um, as, as he pursues us, he wants us to pursue him. And it's, a, it's that mutual pursuing that, that causes us to begin to walk in victory. It's that mutual pursuing that causes us to experience the presence and the power of God in our lives. Does that make sense? So he pursues us, and he wants us to respond and pursue him. I remember uh, it's probably been... Well, it had been almost exactly seven years ago that uh, uh, Deb and, and Lindsay and I took a vacation down to Nashville, Tennessee to see some friends of ours that live there. They're the ones, by the way, that gave me this book uh, 40 years ago, because I've, or 38 years ago, I guess. Uh, I've known David and Julia Dunn for uh, 40 years now. Uh, my first job out of college was a personnel manager, and his first job out of college was a personnel manager. And we met at a, at a conference and became best friends and have been ever since. But, um, but anyway, uh, we had gone down to visit David and Julia, and uh, Lindsay went with us. And for the first time in, in our family's history, uh, Wes didn't go with us. He was working at Honda. He had no vacation time saved up, and so he had to stay home and, and, uh, and work. And so as we were leaving, we got there on like Thursday afternoon, and we stayed through the weekend. As we were leaving on Sunday afternoon, headed back to Springfield, um, I, I noticed that on my phone that I'd missed a call from Wes. Well, when your 20-year-old son calls you, you know, you're going to call him back. And so I got right on the phone, called him back, and I said, uh, hey, buddy. I said, uh, see, I missed a call from you. He's like, yeah, Dad. He's like, he's like and he just launches into this 40-minute tirade. He's just talking and talking and talking. And about halfway into this, he goes, man, it just feels like I haven't talked to you in forever. And I realized at that point, like he had jumped from subject to sub subject to subject. There wasn't really any point in his conversation, in his, in his phone call, except that he just wanted to reconnect with me. And I love that. I just, I, when I realized he just wants to talk to me, he just wants to hear my voice and interact. And, and, you know, he was just, I mean, he's just big stuff and small stuff, whatever, you know, for 40 minutes, we just had this conversation. And man, did that bless my heart because he wanted to connect with his dad. And, you know, that, that relationship at 20 was 20 years of a relationship, 20 years of spending time together. I remember, you know, just... I mean, just the kind of stuff that we did. We have some funny videos, man. We're, we're in the living room on North Limestone, and, and uh, <laughs> we're throwing this big, fluffy football. It's a big, green, fluffy football, and we're throwing it back and forth. 
And Wes all of a sudden breaks into the Ohio State fight song, na 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 na, and he throws this pass, and we just hear this crash, and it gets darker in the room. He hit a lamp. <laughs> But I mean, we just, you know, that was the kind of stuff that we did. As he got older, you know, I remember going in his bedroom and just sitting in his bedroom. He learned how to play the guitar in sixth grade. And, um, and he, would, he would just be picking around on it. I'd go, you know, he, he'd gone to bed, you know, and I'd go in his room and pull up a chair and just sit by his bed. And, hey, Dad, listen to this. And he'd play some new lick that he had learned. And, oh, man, that's awesome. And, and just, you know, sit there and talk about music and about, you know, school and whatever. But, you know, that, that, that call at, at, from my 20-year-old son was a culmination of relationship. And God wants that with every one of us. He wants us to love him and pursue him the way he pursues us because he wants to reveal not only himself to us, but he also wants to reveal what he's doing so that we can just partner in, in what, what he's doing with him. He wants to reveal that stuff to us. He wants to speak to us about that. When he's getting ready to leave this planet, he's getting ready to go to the cross. You know, what, what blows me away is, you know, he, he knew for eons that he was going to have to go through this. But even the night before he's going through this horrible, horrible death, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I mean, you know, he, he was going to take on all the sin and all the guilt of all the human race uh, all the people that have ever lived, I mean, whether there are 7 billion people alive right now, think of the people that before that and those who will come after, all the sins of every one of those people he took to the cross and was guilty for, that, for, for all that sin. I can't imagine what that must feel like, must have felt like. But his focus is not on himself. The night before he's dying, if that had been me, I would have been, guys, come on, man, pray for me. I'm going to have to suffer tomorrow. You guys don't understand. I'm doing this for you. You know, all this stuff. That's not what happened. That's not, did that sound like Bill Clinton just then? Anyway. That, <laughs> guys, I'm so sorry. You know. Um, he says, um, he's talking to his disciples, and he's trying, to, he's trying to encourage and comfort them. You know, <laughs> trying to encourage and comfort them. That's just like Jesus. And he says this, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. This is John 14. I'm picking up verse 10. It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. That's awesome. I am in the Father, the Father is in me. What a beautiful thing. And then he says, <clears throat> If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So he's going to send his Spirit. And you know him, for he lives with you. Talking about the Holy Spirit living in Jesus. And will be in you. He's with you, but he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It's the Spirit of Christ that's in us. And you will see me because I live, you will live also. On that day, listen to this, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now, he's just said, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. Now he's saying, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Wow. That's how much God loves us. That's how, that's how important we are. 
There is no other creature on the, on, on the of earth or in heaven that will have that kind of intimate oneness relationship. No other creature besides human beings. He wants you in him and him in you. In fact, he's already done that. He's already done it. He, he put his spirit inside of you. When you came to Christ, you got his spirit. The spirit of Christ lives in you. And then we're in him. In, uh, in uh, Colossians 3, verse 1, he says, Fix your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. We're already in him, and he already is in us. And the day that he's talking about is Pentecost, not, not heaven, but Pentecost. That day that... that um, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, do the will of the Father. My Father will love him, and we, the Father and I, will come to him and will make our home in him and her. We're going to come, the, the, I'm sending the Spirit to be in you, and then I and the Father, we're going to come and make our home in you. The Trinity lives in here. I have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right here. The, 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 the God who cannot be contained in the universe, who holds the oceans in the palm of his hand, lives inside of me and lives inside of you if you belong to him. That's phenomenal, guys. That's, that's mind-blowing. And then he says this, no longer do I call you servants because servants don't know, a servant doesn't know his, his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I hear from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's, that's, just, that's unbelievable. That Jesus is saying, you're no longer my servants. You're my friends. And then after the resurrection, he says to Mary, go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers that I'm going to their God, my God and their God, my Father and their Father. He, he, his... His resurrection establishes that brotherhood with Christ, that co-heirness with Christ. Uh, Jason Adams and I were talking about this, that this week, that we are not just, we don't just get some of the leftovers from Jesus, you know, at the end of this thing. We're co-heirs with him. Everything that's his is ours. We share his inheritance. We don't deserve it, but we get it. And we're in the family. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you, <laughs> and me. We're in the family. That's just seated with Christ in heavenly places already? Are you kidding me? Your life is hidden with Christ and God already? You know, we're, we're already experiencing that. And so, guys, what I want to see happen, this is my, what I believe is God's will for our church and for each one of you individually, each one of us, me included, is to begin to live. You remember what Matt said two weeks ago? 
He said, there came a day when I decided I was going to believe that the Bible was true. And it was true for me and us, my family. I, we talked about that all weekend at the men's retreat. Because if it's, if it's true and we believe it's true, then everything changes in terms of fear and regret. And, you know, we talked the men's retreat, we talked about we don't have to live in the if-onlys and we don't have to live in the what-ifs. We can live in the grace for today and just walk through the day with the confidence that God is God. And every promise he's made us is true. And if we walk in that, we walk in the confidence of God. Not self-confidence, but it kind of looks like self-confidence and it kind of feels like self-confidence because we're not worried about anything. Whatever comes my way, God has already handled. And I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to let my brain chase off into the future or live with the regrets of the past because he's promised to redeem it all and he's promised to be there when we get there. And so I just walk through the day with him, just with him, him with me, me with him, you with him, him with you. That's just an awesome thing, guys. So here's the thing. If we truly believe the promises of God are true, then when Jesus said, the things that I'm doing, you, if anyone who believes in me, that the miracles, that's what he just referred to, that I am doing, you will do also and even greater things than these. I really believe that, that we are going to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, the fullness of the works of God, to join God in what he's doing. And individually and corporately, we are going to see things begin to happen that, we haven't, that, that haven't happened since the first century. Why not live that way? All the promises of God are ours. Ask anything he's, in my name, he said, and I will do it, that my Father may receive glory through the Son. When you and I bear fruit, when you and I um, pray and, and, and see answers to prayer, when you and I um, do signs, wonders, miracles, healings, you know, those kinds of things, guess who gets the glory? The Father in heaven. Guess who makes, guess who's happy about that? The Son. Guess who's praying for us right now? The Holy Spirit is interceding for us for, with groans too deep for words. The high priest, Jesus, sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Do you think God's going to answer those prayers from the Spirit and the Son? Absolutely he is. You know, when Jesus prayed, you know, that, that, that prayer in, in Matthew 6 is not the Lord's prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. The disciple says, teach us how to pray. He says, when you pray, say this. But the Lord's prayer is John 17. Go back and read it someday or sometime. What he's asking for is, Father, make them one as you and I are one. What if God answers that prayer? Do you think that God the Father is going to forever put off the answer to that prayer that his son prayed 2,000 years ago? Absolutely not. God's going to begin to, the Father's going to begin to answer that son's prayer, his son's prayer, that prayer, his son's prayer, and make us one. I really believe that God right now is beginning a work of purification unification and glorification of his bride. He's purifying us, he's unifying us, and he will infuse us with his glory. And so we're living in good days. We're living in the days that God is about to move and, 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 and you know, refine, purify, purge, prune, whatever, but he's gonna deal with us. And he's, he wants a pure, spotless bride. And so, I mean, it, it, 
he's like I said, he doesn't like sin. He he's done what he's he needed to do to deal with it. But he's also purging that out of our lives. You need to cooperate with that. And then he's bringing us together as one because there's 35,000 denominations and God, and Jesus isn't a Mormon. He doesn't have wives. He has one bride. He's purifying us. He's unifying us. And then as he does that, he's going to infuse us with his glory. So I'm saying let's get a head start on that right now. Repent. If you have sin in your life, get rid of it. You know, the writer of Hebrews says, put, a, put away all the sin or, or all the, the hindrances and the sin which so easily entangles you and run with perseverance the race marked out before you, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Okay? I don't want to bring some, you know, big heavy, but let the Holy Spirit deal with your heart. If you have sin in your life, get rid of it. It's leaven. It, it, it destroys the, you know, I mean, it's, just, it's destructive. We sow to the flesh, we reap destruction, corruption. So let's get rid of that. And, and let's, let's, let's love each other. That, that they may be one, Father, even as you and I are one. And then let's just let him infuse us with his glory. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we, with unveiled faces, behold him, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. He wants us to pursue him because he pursues us. And as we do that, he begins to reveal his will to us. He begins to reveal his work to us. We begin to see what he's doing around us, and then he invites us. And next week, if you'll come back, I'm going to talk about how he invites us into what he's doing. What, what more satisfying... Uh, thing in the world is there to just know that you're living in the center of God's will and you're, you're co-laboring with him in the work that he's doing in, in your realm of influence, that you're cooperating and participating and co-laboring with him in his work in your world. There's nothing to me that's more satisfying than that. Jesus says, the, my food is to do the will of my Father. Well, we're, 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 we're created in his image that should be as satisfying to us as it was to Jesus when he was here. So you ready to go? You want to go with me? Where, where the Spirit is flowing, that's where we're going as a church. And I want you to go, I want you to go individually. I mean, we got to do this individually and corporately. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I used to tell the guys at the jail I'm a cockeyed pastor, uh, uh, cockeyed uh, uh, chaplain. I got my eyes on on, you know, these guys, and I got my eyes on where we're headed, you know, heaven, and I want them to be there, and, and I'm kind of, I don't know, cross-eyed maybe here is the better word, but I'm always focused on you as individuals and myself in terms of your own, your growth, your development, you know, getting rid of junk in your life that, that slows you down and keeps you from, you know, God's fulfilling his will and purpose in your life, but I'm also looking at this thing here, because I love this body. You are the body of Christ. You know, this is a, a local church body. We're a family, man. We got to experience that in, in the men's retreat this weekend. We, it, those guys were so close, so tight. Uh, the, the new guys, the old guys, um, it, was, it was just so much fun to be together. And it felt like a family reunion in some ways. And, um, and that's what God wants. He wants that. But, but he wants us 
individually and corporately to pursue him and, and to let him call us into what he's doing and to fulfill his will. And uh, let's do that together. Father, I pray for this church, Lord. I pray that we would continue to acknowledge your pursuit of us, that we would, we would let you catch us and that we would pursue you so that you don't have to chase us so hard, that we would become aware of when and how and where you're pursuing us. And like uh, that phone call from Wes, just, just wanting to be with you, just wanting to hear your voice, just wanting to tell you what's on our hearts and hear what's on your heart. And God, to, to just establish that, that close, intimate relationship with you that you have been pursuing for us, for all our lives. God, I pray that we would begin to be still and know that you are God, that we would begin to not just do something, but stand there and, and wait for your voice, to hear you and to hear how much you... Lord, the first thing you want to tell us is how much you love us. And then eventually you want to say, and by the way, could you join me in what I'm doing? Would you, would you go with me here? Would you, would you do that with, with me? Would you do this with me? Would you, would, you, would you partner with me in what I'm trying to accomplish here? Lord, you're so good. You're so faithful. And God, I just ask that you would take us where you're going. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.